snake. Got it. Got it, it says. I love this technology thing. Honestly, I felt quite special this morning setting up the computer, but having the phone <laughs> just in case the computer didn't react to my lack of knowledge. I've got two sets of hearing things upon your advice. <laughs> and, and, and it's all working, and it's working through the phone. Now, isn't that fascinating? Wonderful. That's amazing. You've learned something new, but I think today you're going to teach us something new. So, everyone's. You know Ros and Kate, what I have realized in life is that we share experiences. That's the most important thing. Because whatever we do, it has an effect on other people. So the conversation today with the two of you, I have gone up in the ratings of my friends. And I said, oh, I'm doing <laughs> We're so excited to have you, aren't we? Yes, we are. And I don't and know how that... you've gone up in the ratings from doing a podcast because you've already done radio and mm. uh, been teaching for a long time. But a podcast is new for you and doing, doing new things is what you're all about. So... It's, it's necessary because you cannot remain as you were 20 or 30 years ago. For one reason only, you miss out. You miss out on everything. Reflecting back to my youth when I travelled around with an ice show, there was no telephone, there were no mobile phones. If you made a telephone call from, say, France to England, it cost a fortune and on your wages you couldn't afford it all we had were letters and postcards and there's a lovely thing about the postcards my in those days postmen and milkmen were really friendly and they were part of one's environment not like today it's all cut off today and the postman would arrive at my father's house and come in for a cup of tea or coffee and he'd say George, that was my father, I see that Gina's in Switzerland and she's having a very nice time and she's been doing this and that and he would hand my father the postcard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a ring first. <laughs> <And> he read. <laughs> How lovely. It was, part, it was part of this sharing your life with somebody. Yes. And that's how I see every stage of my life is sharing it and it doesn't matter what age share it we've all got something to say everybody we have yeah. and you've got plenty to say gina and um, I'm a stickler for routine and I've got oh, an my. introduction to share, so I'm going to do <laughs> I'm going to introduce you properly, even though you've given our listeners um, an insight into Gina Alston, which is just fabulous. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with my introduction and then we're going to hand it over to you because you've got plenty of wonderful things to share yes, with like, us. We like actually so, telling everyone what, how fantastic this is going to be don't we yes so in case anyone hasn't got an idea yet today we're sharing a personal story with the difference meet the dynamic and unstoppable Gina Alston Gina was born and educated in England spending a great deal of her early life in the theatrical world who could tell 
<laughs> a serious accident took her out of dancing and into a life of traveling the globe through her new passion, that of ice skating. Now in her 70s and long since settled in Australia, Jean has been exploring the meaning of life for over 30 years. An accumulation of wisdom which she's personally tried and tested is now being shared with the many who find themselves searching for answers. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ironing Out the Wrinkles. I'm your host, Ros McMaster. And I'm your other host, Kate Shaw. Together, we're taking the age out of ageism, helping men and women embrace the second stage of life with less fear. Gina has trained in the healing arts, studied many different religious beliefs and philosophical teachings, all of which she brings in her, into her own way of being. Now, at her new home in Brisbane, Australia, she is involved in the metaphysical life, being a working clairvoyant and teacher of awareness. Gina says, life is precious, exciting, and that we need to step boldly into who we are, where we are, and create the magical experience of living your dream. And today, she's going to share her wisdom for doing just that. Gina, hello and welcome. Good morning, girls, and thank you for inviting me to this new experience. This is really very special, very special indeed. And because we're talking about aging, I would like to say that it's magic having a new experience at nearly 76. It's fantastic. I love it. And I've been telling everybody all over the world that this is going to happen. And they're all waiting to hear it or see it or whatever happens with it. So thank you very much indeed. And I've dressed up for you today <laughs> um, because I wasn't quite sure if I was going to be seen or not. But with the being seen, I will always dress up, which is part of my philosophy, because every single day is special, every day. I, I was in the supermarket, which I go to on a regular basis, purely because it's fun. I go there. <laughs> I go there just to buy a few items. And a lovely chap at the counter, John, he's one of the people working there. He said, "You look very nice today." I said, "Thank you, John." He said, "Anything special?" I said, "Yes." He said, "Oh, what's that?" I said, "I've come to see you." Oh, Aww. that's so lovely! What a nice thing to say. But it's true. If mm. you embrace life, then you enjoy life. Really, he feels and special also, too. What, what, it is, everybody needs to feel special. Have you ever noticed in a cafe or in a supermarket, people have got their names on? How many people use them? How mm. many people say, thank you, John, or thank you, Samantha? And it really makes people feel seen, mm. doesn't it, when you address Absolutely. them by their name? Absolutely, mm. but that's that's who they are. They are not a number. This is not Star Trek. You know, we are not, you know, seven of nine. Oh, wouldn't we like to be like seven of nine? But never mind. Um, we're not <laughs> a Star Trek thing. We are a person with a name. And funnily enough, I've just written down here with a purpose. In in my clairvoyant dealings with people, many say to me, I need to know my purpose. And I say, that's so easy. 
They go, oh, really? Why is that easy? I said, because your purpose is to live your life. That's all you have to do. Yes. Um, we, we've mentioned that with uh, a few guests. Mm. You know, mm. like people think they have to leave this amazing mark on the world and, you know, go and invent something, amazing. you know, yeah, to, cure, yeah. to cure <laughs> yeah. brain cancer or something. But leaving a mark is just as simple as smiling at someone at the checkout and calling them by name and saying that's, thank you that's your purpose mm, kindness and compassion mm. at this at the simplest level i call it contribution mm. because you're contributing to on two levels i work on the level of of energy but i'm also conscious of material life which is not the finances it's just that the table seems solid and my arm seems solid but i feel we have to i have to anyway contribute on two levels one is be kind be nice but the intention behind it as well is the energy that you infect people with and I like infecting people with the happy virus. It's a, it's a like. silent language, isn't it? Just the, the facial expression and your tone of mm. voice mm. says mm. so much. It's not actually always the words, it's the way it's said. Exactly. But, it's, but it, Kate, it's the intention behind. If your intention is of kind and you contribute, let's say, a peaceful action or even laughter, it makes such a difference to the person who's projecting it and the person or the people receiving it. Some won't like it, but we mustn't judge that. It's just that they're not ready. Mm. That's all. Mm. And we don't know the backstory either. No, yeah, I've learned that long ago. Yeah, yeah, not at all. We Can't never judge a book by its cover. No. So, exactly. you, so you have a, a vibrant enthusiasm for life, which you know, going by the fact that you were on stage um, mm. for a long time in your childhood, that's obviously an innate part of your nature. So, what what about? I often wonder about the people who are innately introverted and just don't like being out in a crowd or being the center of attention. And when connection to community is so important as we get older, how do those people get out of that rut of feeling isolated when they're just very not shy? In, when they're very mm -hmm. shy, yeah. Yes. One of the ways that I think is a good way is to be involved in some aspect of a charitable action. So a lot of people, if they're very shy, that can be for many reasons. It's they just weren't nurtured sufficiently for whatever reason. They've been on the receiving end of difficult actions. or They might have an anxiety problem because of a million different reasons. But I think within every being, I always say that within every human, there is this aspect of kindness. It just has to be discovered. Mm. And often if people are very shy, if they can involve themselves where they don't have to make a decision, but they're part of the outcome, they will then perceive themselves to be stronger and wiser than they thought they were before. So whether it's in packing up food parcels or whether it's helping animals or whether it's attending to people sleeping on the street, there's always an area where kindness prevails. It just has to be opened up. Yes. That's what I think. 
Mm, you and, forget about yourself then, don't yeah. you? Yeah. And, of course, the Dalai Lama <laughs> said the path to happiness is through service to others, and, and it really is, isn't it? Well, it's contributing. You know, I say to people now, I would love to do, what would I love to do? I would love to take some people in from war-torn countries, and I would like to give them food, and I'd like to hand them my clothes. I'm not in a position to do that. The only position that I am in is what I create in my pond. And in my pond, which is my area around me, it is my role to contribute well. So that's in caring, noticing, not reacting even sometimes. You think, oh, because if you think about your pond in front of you, you don't want to throw mud into it and dirty it up. You want your pretty lilies to look nice. You want your little green frogs to jump out. You want it to be a lovely space. If you create that space, you are actually infecting other people anyway, because mm. there, as they say in the wisest of teachings, there's, non, there's no separation. So if you take charge of here, then the world, if everybody took charge of here, the world will be a better place. So uh, many years ago, as you know, Roz, I did this channeling and the energy said to stop world wars, all you have to do is put down the guns. So, of course, everybody, each person put down the gun or each person put down their fear or each person put down the desire to control and then the world would be a better place. But it has to come from an individual. That's all it has to do. Yes. Once again, love. That's the word yeah. we get from all our Absolutely. guests. Contribute yes. love, contribute kindness, do what you can to make somebody smile. That's what I, I try it because it's my duty and it's a nice one. Yes. You know, duty it's is a, a good a human girl being. guide badge, that one. Kindness. I love it. Yeah. Sometimes that's wonderful, the, Gina. The hardest one to be kind to, of course, is oneself. Exactly. You're not kidding. Yes. Do you do, you do any self-depreciation? Well, first of all, I think I'm brilliant, which, <laughs> is, which is what I say to people when they come here. And I say, I think I'm brilliant. And they say, but you are. I said, no, the reason I think I'm brilliant is because I think I'm brilliant. <laughs> My dad so, says you've got to be your own best friend. Yeah. 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 I, you know, th there's a lot that um, that Gina has done, which was inappropriate, but she learned from it. And I like talking in the third person because it's like having a conversation with myself. Uh, can I give you an example of this? Yes, please. It taught me a lot. As it's been mentioned before, I go to Zumba. At the moment, I've got a bad ankle, so I can't dance. So I'm there at the door helping people. But as you can see, I've got this funny thing here. Well, I've, I've, my wrist is suffering from, you know, elderly itis. All the bones <laughs> are crumbling. And there was a lovely lady at the group who, who was dancing away in Zumba. And she came in with her arm all strapped up. And I said, what have you done? And she'd broken it. Well, th the story went on for a bit. And then I, there I am one day. I know she's going away on a long journey and she's got this awful bandage thing. Now, my friend made all these up for me, so I can't hardly give them away, but I did have a few others. So 
I'm standing by the desk and I'm thinking, now, should I give this person my other other bands? And I have this thing about if I need to do something, I toss a coin. Heads yes, tails no. And I said to myself, I'll toss a coin. And this voice came from wherever. <laughs> do you really need to toss a coin to act in a kind and considerate way. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. So at the end of the session, I gave this lovely lady one of these that I'd made, which is awful because I can't sew, but a beautiful black lace one oh. that I had. And I handed it to her. And she was so taken back. And she said, I can go away. I said, you can be pretty now. And she's gone off. Oh, with her bless you. That's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. It, it's hard to be kind sometimes because sometimes we feel we might be rejected. Other times we think it's probably not the right thing. Other times is it the ego. The whole point is that, again, I come back to this little pond. If I put kindness in here, that's all I need to do. I can offer people if they don't want it. It's their it's their choice. It's their privilege to say no as it is to say yes. But if we do kindness, what's wrong with that? It's like planting sunflower seeds and then we get sunflowers. Just plant away. And don't worry about people. I never worry about people. Yeah, that's fabulous. You were, mm -hmm. Before we hit the record button, you were talking about how important it is to stay relevant with technology. Yeah, yeah. I, lo I love it, actually. I, I'm hopeless. I really am hopeless. But um, I feel it's a privilege as well, which we have now. We didn't have it when I was younger, that we can. I, we can call people up all over the world. My family are all in England and more in America. And we can have conversations. I can have my little grandson, well, he's not little so much anymore. He's coming up to nine. He can read me a story via modern technology. I Years agree. ago, you couldn't do that. You couldn't, no. you couldn't have a video call. There was nothing to do. Half the time, we couldn't afford to have a phone call because it was a mm. week's wages. And when I lived in South America, we had to book it. We had to go through all the different telephone. Oh so South America to, I think it was Panama, not right. Don't, anyone can correct me on that. And then to America, then America to London, and then London to Bournemouth. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what a journey. I know. I know. We've come it a long way. way. Yeah, haven't we? We have. And um, aren't we lucky? Yes, We're really, really very, lucky. Very lucky. Mm -hmm. Yes. But even, was... even you try to stay relevant and up to date with technology. You were talking about how difficult it's going to be even to do banking unless mm. older people get on board. Mm. It's frightening for it's frightening for a lot of people because it's so new. This is where it, it's often the case of try and find out about it so that you're not frightened of it because all it is is a machine. And I've spoken to a lot of people who have technological wisdom, and I said, why can't libraries start up programs where they can teach the people who've got the time, the elderly people, on how to update their phone. They might have taught them 
there's something new, but they don't know how to update it. And it's a running thing because all the time there's something new coming out, all the time. So it, it's important because, for instance, in England, if you want to travel by train, you have to book online to get your ticket. Otherwise, it's nearly twice or three times as much as expensive. And so when you get to the station, you've got to put your card in to get your ticket out. So you get somebody in their 70s and their 80s, that's very hard. So we should learn on a, a monthly basis, on a year, we need to be advanced all the time, all the mm. time. It's, mm. it's important because soon there will not be banks. I don't know what it's like, well, where we live. When the COVID was on, when people were ill, the banks were closed half the day because they didn't have any staff. So how do you get your money out? How do you pay your bill? I know it's some in- people worry about scammers, don't they? But there's technology now to protect you, isn't there? I think you have to be sensible with scammers. I mean, before mm. it was somebody dipped into your handbag and took your wallet out. True. You know, now it's an electronic robbery rather than that. With with scammers, you know, there are so many. Why not? Why not do a class in the libraries on scammers? Good idea. Great. You only have to have one instruction, and then you can build on it yourself because you're given that information. If there's an email come through and it's got some strange dots after it, don't answer it. Or investigate it. They need, I think the libraries would do exceedingly well and, and also charge a few pennies or a donation to the local community. Yes. Really. Yeah. It's a lovely Well, for, for anyone who is listening and is concerned with scammers, apparently if you get an email, uh, an actual company, a genuine company, will never tell you to click a link in the yeah. email. They will simply say, go to our website. They will never tell you to click a link. So, yeah, if you've been asked to click a link, it's a scam. So stay away from it. Exactly. Always go to the company. Always go to the company, even if you have to put it on hold. You know, listen to the music. (laughs) Yeah. It's better than losing thousands and thousands, Mm. isn't it? I think it's important. I'm I'm trying not to say I mean. Have you ever noticed, you two, since you talk publicly that you get into a habit of saying a sentence which you shouldn't say all the time politicians do it all the time bless them i think you're often all i've noticed a lot of things that i'm doing wrong with my speech at the moment so what what kind of thing i mine is at the moment i hear myself say i mean what would i have to say oh i know kate kate and i were just talking about that this morning there is an app you can get that takes the ums and ahs out of your speech as well and i just said to kate oh does it take out the i knows because that's what i say all the time you know you know i think i do too oh it's so annoying listening to myself um, i really get cross (laughs) but yes somebody kindly told me that a week or during the week another actor i work with he said have you got this i think it's called adobe or something adobe it's an artificial intelligence but you know people you know there i go again people don't notice you saying the ums and ahs they're listening to the main points of what you're raising so Language is so important, isn't it? And this is was something I learned many years ago when I learned Spanish. And do you want to know how I learned Spanish? Hilarious story. I learned Spanish <laughs> by reading Pride and Prejudice in Spanish because I knew it so well in English. 
Oh, wow. my goodness. That's a good tip. It's brilliant. You get the book and you know it. And then you, if, if you've got uh, an ability with languages, but with Spanish, they have many words for the same thing. And so you, what you have to do is if you want to say the garden is filled, the beautiful garden is filled with beautiful flowers, you don't do that. You have to use a different word to express the beauty. I try and do that in English because the English language is vast and we're very mm. privileged to have it because the poor foreigners have to learn how to get through, cough, mm. bow, thorough and enough, all O-U-G-H. And the poor foreigners go, how do I pronounce this? And what about red and read? And then you've got the other read with two E's and not R-E-A-D. So if we we grow up, which we do, automatically learning it, why not use it? I love the language. I love hearing language. I love hearing the difference. I love yeah, French too. Yes. Adore it. Yeah. Mm, so you mm. keep um you're 70 now, but no, you... I'm going to be 76 on August the 3rd and any flowers will be welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. But you still say stay so busy. Age has not wearied you. Um no. the the body is breaking down in different parts as you mm. said, but um ha how have you had to adjust your life to accommodate the natural progress of the body breaking down without giving up on you, you know have. being being as busy as what you are well number one is i think it's a privilege to grow old i really do because i have too many friends who haven't had that opportunity so if it's a privilege then of course it means it's a blessing so coming to not being as active well up until Two weeks ago, I was doing Zumba five days a week. It's only because I've got a bad ankle. It's impressive. That I'm having four or six weeks off, my doctor told me. So I keep active because it's my nature and my nurture. I was nurtured to dance at the age of three and then went on to uh, the stage school and then eventually, uh, as you said, the accident took me into ice skating. So it is, you know, it's like being a redhead. I'm active. Do you mind me asking what that um, accident was? Oh, you're certainly going to laugh at this. I, it was <laughs> on November the 5th, a very cold winter's day in England. We were preparing for a show when all producers and directors would come, and there was a can-can number and had to do the jump splits. And I did oh, the yes. jump splits, and I couldn't walk for five months after that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. How painful. Well, it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. How old were you then? I was 13. Gee, mm. that mm. is really tough. So yes. my career ended because I couldn't walk. No. And gosh. I went, I, my parents moved, and part of my physiotherapy to get the strength back was to go ice skating, which I had done anyway. And then at the age of 14, I got better, and at the age of 14 I was the youngest ice skater in the, in, in the show. How great. And with your dancing background as well, that Absolutely. would have been fabulous. That brings me to good, ask you, a good skater, I, I reckon I you were. A good skater. I wasn't a good skater, but I was a very good showgirl. 
Oh, that was, <laughs> well, that entertaining people, isn't it? And that leads me to ask you, um, now that you've been out of the industry, the entertainment industry for some time, are you still influenced by the body image that was imposed on you at a young age or is there less focus of worrying about the physical appearance as you've aged? Um, or is no, it a case of loving yourself? Mm. I laughingly say I have a complex. I tell every, everybody knows I've got a complex. I've got a weight complex. But then you see, I turn it around the other way and I think, well, I have a weight complex, which means I will not go out and eat lots of chocolates and lots of this. So it's positive. Yes. If you are weighed every week mm. and you are fine if you are overweight, you get a complex. Yes, that was my what, background too. Yes. What What's so funny is I'm still very, very friendly, although she's in England, with my pal who skated with me. And she was tall, she still is tall, and gorgeous-looking girl, long legs that went on forever, skinny as anything. So three days before weigh-in, she will get fined if she was too thin. So she uh-huh. ate bananas and cakes and whatever, and I didn't eat anything at all and took... I'll be very honest with you, I don't mind, medication, yes. not not drugs. but So I didn't eat. So now I am the one who I can't say is thinner, but maybe in slightly better condition, purely because I, I have this complex of not eating yes. so much. Yes, and I grew up in the Twiggy days too. Remember Twiggy, oh, that well, model? Exactly. Because I'm 70 this year, so I'm not that well, much you younger than you. Oh, it's just a number, isn't yeah. it, really? I know, but, it's a um, number. Yeah, yeah, I'm very, very lucky, very, very lucky. But, yeah, yeah. it's inside your consciousness. You know that it's only frivolous and it's only a house, etc. That's why I still have... Yeah. Well, um, I, I'm going to jump in here, if you don't mind me saying, and I, I, I think the body is such the most mar- remarkable machine ever had. Oh, it is, yeah. And people take more care of their car than they do their body. So I look at it. I put good things into my body. I can't, if I can't eat as much, I make sure that I have the right sort of supplements because we need to keep going. It's fuel, yes. But as I say with people with their car, I say, do you put paraffin in to make your car run? They go, no. I said, why are you putting rubbish food into your body? It's quite simple. This this machine is amazing what it can do. Mm. So I think my complex is a good one because it's stopping me from eating too much fat, from having the wrong things. It it's it's a marker for me. Well, just remember, Gina, just remember you don't want to go, you don't want to get too fat, which I look as is a good thing. Yes. That, that's the thing. How, how you view it yeah. is very important. So it's not something that holds you back and is still a curse from your mm. childhood. It's yeah. like, well, you know, here's, here's the positive in it. It's quality, not quantity. And it steers you now. It was yeah. interesting. I was I was had my leg up on, on the sofa last week, you know, with this ankle thing. And um, well, it was last week, the week before. And that lovely um, tennis player in the wheelchair, I can't remember his name, the one who was Australian. I know who you're talking about, yes. He was interviewing a rugby player, and both of them were disabled. They didn't have any legs or the use of their legs. And I'm sitting there, 
And I'm thinking they'd like to have a painful ankle. True. It's all you know, we true. must, our, our body can take us on journeys. In their case, their journey's been fantastic and they've inspired many people. But we must do, I must do, what I can to preserve this marvellous machine. Because it's fantastic. Isn't it? You can't, it you can't buy a machine. We're getting AIs, but they're not quite the same as humans, are they? You can't buy health, can you? No, absolutely not. Absolutely no, not. Prepare to have good health, but at the end of the day, we're all bi you know, biological and we're all going to disappear. Yes. yes. But, Gina, like, you've been following the spiritual path for some years now. Have has that always been the case? Was that inkling towards spirituality there right from childhood? Like, where did that journey begin for you? I believe it started when I had a near-death experience when I was about oh. seven or eight. And I always say I was different afterwards. I didn't know what had happened to me, but I was different. I saw what people call ghosts and I had feelings. And I was just a little bit wiser. I still had tantrums and with my parents and um, with friends and things like that, but I was different. And I think it's because I did die and I came back. So I came back with a knowing. I call it a knowing. And embracing the information that's available on all aspects of philosophy has been, well, my life's journey, really. I learned about, I learned to understand death at an early age. I learned what it's like to have to cope. So many things in my life enabled me to find my journey and my path through. And then eventually becoming a healer in England was, was good for me as I went through a difficult stage being a single mother with two boys. And that opened up just so much knowledge. And I started reading books from all over the world. But the religion that I like and the one that I follow is the religion of love. Mm, absolutely. Mm. You know, just love things, love people, love the fact that you're alive, love the fact that I'm nearly 76 and I'm still dancing when my ankle's better. I'm still dancing, <laughs> actually. I go to Zumba and I sit in the chair and I do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the religion of love, it doesn't matter if you get it back. It's the giving of it that counts. Seriously, it's fantastic. That's oh, yeah. what I live. I fall off the wagon occasionally and go mumble, mumble, grumble, grumble. But I'm That's lucky. Human. I have, yeah. Well, it's... Yes, we are human. We have a human experience, but we don't need to be like that. We just need to say, okay, now why was I upset about that? And this is the third person. I love yes, sitting here like with that. myself, and I often do it in this room. I think, now, why did Gina react to that? Well, she wasn't getting her way, or it didn't suit her, or she felt threatened. So why did she feel threatened? And I work it all out, and then it's all over and done with. I call it the London bus syndrome. It comes along, <laughs> it stops, but it moves along, and you just don't have to get on it. 
That's true. Mm -hmm. My dad always said um, he had a lot of wise words, my father, and he's actually been in, um, we've interviewed him too. Um, he said that you should always think of gratitude as a bonus. That's what he said. It's Absolutely. hard to remember, but you don't give to get thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just give because you want to. Action is the grace in itself. Mm -hmm. you yeah. know? What was it I was thinking of? I was thinking of when, when you contacted me about this, about being older. It's not, oh, I can't remember how I thought about it because things come into my head, they disappear. Growing <laughs> old with graciousness and gratitude is the thing. I mean, grateful that we can grow old and then, you know, be graceful about it. Even in being wearing lots of different colours all at the same time. Why not? No one cares. We, and we live in Australia. How lucky do we get? Yes, you're yes. very colourful and vibrant, yeah. but that you, the way you dress and the colours that you wear are really a symbol of your vibrant, colourful personality too. And for anyone, I mean, this will be going up on YouTube so people can see it. For anyone who's listening to the audio, uh, Gina is wearing an aqua colored dress and on her um sore arm she's wearing an aqua colored yeah. band to match her match her Very dress. Elegant. and she's got aqua colored glasses that she forgot to put on yes oh very stylish <laughs> okay. i'm into style i love yeah. that and your beautiful pearls as well yes yes well we had to get dressed up because it's a special occasion you see but <laughs> sorry girls you are a special occasion but i do go to the supermarket looking like this as well i i, I actually will <laughs> never go anywhere without my red lipstick it's a family joke kate gets up oh. brushes her teeth red lipstick that's it. I don't have nothing else on. Yeah. Cheers oh. me up. Yeah. <laughs> she does put clothes on. I do put clothes on, but, you know, it's the first thing I do because it cheers me up. And I, um, I get lipstick on my teeth for some reason. Obviously, it's the there's way a, that my There's a trick. What you do, you put your finger in and then you wash it out. And, and that's I got that from a TV show. You point a finger in between yeah. your lips and that takes the excess out and then you just wash your finger and it won't oh, go right. Well, I shall try yeah. that. Watch out. You shall have competition. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Everyone wear red lipstick. It cheers you up. Can I, can I just go back to something that you said about your father? Um, I think that the men fathers have such a big role in the life of, of women of tomorrow because they are the fathers of young girls. And when I get men here and I pick up about their children I say the position that you're in is awesome because you can teach this girl this young girl to really believe in herself because that's what my father did to me I spent quite a bit of time with my father and when I was about five or six he would call me by my nickname which I won't tell you because it's one of my passwords um <laughs> And he would say, okay, Gina, what do you think about that? And I'd be five or six. And I would give him, it could be whether we should unwrap the salt and put them in the crisp packet or whether we should have a fried egg sandwich or not. But he would ask my opinion. How nice. And in asking my opinion, he made me feel valued. Mm. He made me feel valued. So today... I think I'm brilliant, not as I'm the most beautiful or the most whatever, but that I shine like everybody can because I was valued. So it stems all the way back from there. It's amazing. And is that why in your 60s that you were going to decide to write many, many books? 
Oh, um, one of those that's... books is In Pursuit of Understanding. Mm. What's the focus of this self-help memoir of sorts and all uh, the others? I just had a story to tell. I think really um, I decided half the time I don't decide anything. I'm guided to do things. And for someone who left school at 14, I think it's remarkable that I have done these books, to be quite honest. And In Pursuit of Understanding is really to do with trying to understand the complexities of life. Because when I look out the window sometimes, and when I hear the news, I think, why? Why is such sadness happening? So it was my pursuit of understanding what I could do with the very strange, because I've had a very strange life. It hasn't been like a lot of poor people who are in impoverished countries. It's not that. It was just strange and different. And I was went away to school and then I travelled in ice shows at 14. I mean, it's not the normal thing. And I was looking for the meaning of life. And that came after uh, an event when I was in my 20s. I wanted to know the reason why. Why things happened. I couldn't understand. You know how when people go, why? Tell me why. That's exactly what I wanted. And so in pursuit of understanding, I reflect upon everything that happened to me and what I gained from it. Mm. What was the blessing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how I grew with it. This is another thing. Um, how I became stronger with it. Not arrogant or not a know-all, but of use to other people to say, I know what you're going through, let me help you. It'd be quite painful sometimes, can't it, growing? Oh. Mm. I, it was heartbreaking at times when things, when I didn't know which way to go and what to do and when I'd lost. But... We do come through it if we believe in ourselves. We can come through it. That inner voice that we've all got if we listen. Mm. I'm sure I can do this. I'm sure I can do this. And also asking help, asking help of others, I think is important. I mean, there's so many people that do not have a support network around them to, to even feel like they have somebody to ask. So, you know, you have to build up that strength within too, don't you, that mindset that, you know, and perception, how you look at things. I think it's believing that you're entitled to go and ask somebody because I would say that nine out of every ten people, if somebody came up and asked them, I'm having trouble, could you help me, could you guide me, what should I do, nine out of ten would help, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Maybe the tenth can't because they're not in a position or they've got something else. But the the generosity of spirit is within every child that's born. I firmly believe that, and I'm going to continue to believe that because no one can prove me wrong. I believe that there's a light within everyone, and I believe that if people can, they help. And I've seen this myself. But the best way to make it grow is to be it yourself as well. I used to think, oh, here's a lovely story for you. Many, many years ago in England, I go to the local supermarket and there'd be a chap out there selling the magazine. So I would buy the magazine from him and then I would give it back to him so he could sell it again. And this went on for over a year or so. And then one Monday I went and I bought the magazine and he said, 
I can't do it. You won't be able to do this next week. I won't be here. And I said, oh, no, why have you lost your pitch? He said, no, it's because of people like you and all the other people who have bought my magazine and also bought him sandwiches and things. He said, I've been able to save money and buy all my tools back and I start work next week. Oh, wow. And that showed me that we we don't have to be a multi-zillionaire. We can help people. And I was talking with someone the other day about getting back to technology. Everything's tap and go. What's about the people on the street? I want to keep money alive for two reasons. A, the tooth fairy for my grandchildren, because mm. how is the tooth fairy going to give them any money? Mm. But B, the people on the street who have nowhere to sleep, whatever their circumstances, not to judge, I can't say, oh, give me your machine and tap. I have to give them money. I love mm. working with the homeless, but it breaks your heart because it's, I just wish we could do more. Yeah. But I, I like to give them in life. You things. can't judge yeah. anyone. You don't oh, no. know. It's, it's fascinating. Mm. Mm, it sure is. Well, I've heard some stories. People have just mental illness or they've found themselves broke through no oh. fault of their own. Um, mm. It could be anybody. And some of them are professionals. It's mm. just heartbreaking. That's why well, I've been involved. I've got a with story them. on that as well, and it goes back what fifty years, sixty years, probably sixty years. In Bournemouth, in England, uh, we had a, a house at the back of a long drive. My mother came in one day and she went, George, George. That's my father. There's somebody in the bushes. So my father went out and he found this somebody, and I don't know what we call it today, African or black or Negro, whatever. It was a gentleman of dark colour. And my father did as my father always did, invited him for a cup of tea. Nice. And this man spoke five or six languages, but he couldn't get a job. Mm. And so he was sleeping in our bushes. I mean, it's a long time ago now, and you didn't get people of different nations walking around Bournemouth. And there he was, a highly educated person who just didn't have anywhere to live. And that's when I learned then, you know, talking about in pursuit of understanding, I learned not to judge because you just don't know what's going on. And everybody, yeah, I always think everybody was somebody's baby, every single person. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I like that. Yeah, and it's so good. sad when you see people, yeah. other people's nice way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Mm, mm, mm. So, it's Gina, lovely. we're running out of time, which is very sad because I'm really loving this conversation and I know our listeners will as well. But what's next for Gina Alston? You, you've, you were doing um, psychic readings on 4BC mm. Radio. And, and then um, COVID struck and you're, you're still doing your Zumba. What, what else are you getting up to and what's next? Um, I don't think there's going to be anything really brand new happening. I'll just continue on. I still have clients. I still have them from all over the world. And thanks to modern technology, I can do readings with countries like the Isle of Man, Cambodia, um, so I did one with Georgia okay. once. I wow. thought that was fascinating. Not Georgia, America, Georgia, ex USSR. I think I just now want to enjoy it. I don't have to achieve anything. I've done it. Yeah. I just have to achieve niceness and kindness with everybody and waking up every morning and taking a breath. That's all I have to do. 
Yeah. Well, you've, you've got many, many books. You write children's books. You've um, got this wonderful book that you've written uh, and with all the reflections in it, which is a wonderful book, um, which I can recommend. And all your books are available on your website. No, and... not anymore. Not anymore. Oh, no? No. No, no, they're not anymore because I wrote them and I, I published them and so I haven't I haven't republished them. But some of the libraries have got some of my books because you when you write a book, you really should send it to the library. So I think some of my channeling books have gone to the library and also in pursuit of understanding. So there's one floating around somewhere. <laughs> okay, that's fabulous. And at home, you're offering your readings, psychic readings, mediumship readings, healing. Well, well, he as well, healing comes, as I always say to people when they come into this room, look at that up there. You've got the Reiki master and the member of the National Federation of Spiritual Healers. So you're obviously getting healing from the moment you walk in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't do hands on healing. I do healing of words. My words are the healing. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like. Yeah. And so. Mm some final words of wisdom to help people on their journey through getting older well it is a privilege enjoy it make the most of it because it's um it can be great fun just laugh at the world it's all far too serious look after the body you look after it it's like i haven't been able to dance for now um for a few weeks just get everything better but don't give up anything but it is a privilege. Think back to the people who would like, who you've known and loved, who would like to be in their 70s or 80s. Just enjoy it. It's fun. It's fun. Make it fun. Mm.